0: To At the Flicks. Now, it might be spring officially, but outside it's freezing. So, what better way to spend your time than a night in with a favourite or newly
1: discovered TV show? And who better to tell us what's out there than Deck? Hi, Deck, how are you doing? I'm really well, thank you. I've been watching loads of telly.
2: Way good, man.
1: That's
0: good to hear. This could be a very short show. Let's jump straight in there then. So we last spoke at Christmas. What
1: have you been watching? Well, the Christmas recommendations turned out to all be fairly good. I think I struck lucky. So going all the way back to Christmas, I recommended various things like Elves on Netflix, which I enjoyed. It was a bit silly, but it was a good scary drama. Very uh, Scandinavian. Quite enjoyed that. People being chased by little tiny woodland elves. That was thoroughly enjoyable. On the BBC, I recommended The tint, which, again, was really creepy. Great story. It was good, actually. I still think they should have shortened it by about 30 seconds, though. They should have just stopped just before when he was just looking out the window. No, Um, actually, I disagree with you on that. Oh, Uh, the
0: The reason I disagree, at first, I felt exactly the same as what you do. They took it a step too far, well beyond the story. But then it occurred to me that everything in that last part was in his mind.
1: Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, true. Yeah, You could look at and it that way.
0: So there was actually nothing there, but in his mind he could see it coming closer. It, and I thought, yep, that is is Mr. James. That really worked.
1: Alright. And then the animation at Christmas was fantastic as always. Superworm was good fun. Sean the Sheep, The Flight Before Christmas was again. Sean entertaining us all again. <laughs> Loved that. Brilliant. Yeah, that yeah. uh, the Duke and Duchess of Argyle was, was an interesting drama, but Oh my goodness, were they two horrible people <laughs> who deserved each other? But that was a really interesting. They
0: fact. royals though, aren't they? Are they royals?
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, never trusted the royal.
0: You got blue blood, new Neil, haven't you?
3: <laughs> Everybody has blue blood until it's oxygenated. You muppet. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer, actually. Thank it?
1: you very much. <laughs> Thank yeah. you very much. And then the other stuff I recommended into the new year turned out to reasonably good. The girl before. Was on the BBC. Was a very tense drama. One of those ones where you find yourself shouting at the screen. No, don't go there. Don't do that. And uh, so, yeah, it was uh, very intense, but but good.
0: What was that one about?
1: I'm I'm missing. So this was the one where it's an interesting one. So an architect has built a house, and it's on his design, and he's a bit of an odd character. He sort of offers it to people at quite a low cost. He interviews them and they have to be a certain type. And it turns out that he's a bit of a, I don't want to give anything away, but he is very creepy. And it's called The Girl Before because the girl who's living in it now, there was a girl before. Jumps between the two. So the story all the way through, you see the girl before and then you see the one who's in there now. And you start to see a lot of repetition with with the events that happen. And it's all very tense. There's lots of twists and turns. No spoilers because it is worth watching if you haven't caught it. If you like really suspense-led drama, well acted and well produced by the BBC,
0: is that so still an iPlayer?
1: I don't know by now, but because um, okay. hopefully all the listeners listened to my recommendations on the last podcast, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And watched it themselves. Yeah. But, um, fair fair yeah.
0: comment. It was Christmas, yeah, full of Christmas, Christmas
1: spirit and all of that, you know. Um, <laughs> and then creeping into New Year, the other recommendations I made that turned out to be quite good were the Jamie Dornan, the Tourist.
2: Ah, no, yeah, that I one I did
1: watch. yeah That yeah. was.
0: It, it was like a British version of a Coen Brothers movie like Fargo,
2: yes,
1: <laughs> yeah, i th- I thought it's thoroughly enjoyable, and again, yes. only six parts. I love it when they make things that are only like four or six parts, yeah, Because you can sort of get into it and it doesn't it's not slow there's you know uh, the the longer series that go on, you find that they tend to be a, either a lot of clips are repeated or it's slowed but down, but no six thoroughly enjoyable episodes. Well, the other thing I recommended was the Doctor Who New Year special, and actually it did turn out to be quite good fun. Yeah, um, it was a, as usual. The ones at Christmas and New Year tend to be a bit sillier, but actually, I thought this was quite good, and I quite liked the whole timey wimey thing. And again, there was a of trying to solve it, so there was like a puzzle as well, so that kept you entertained. So yeah, hmm. and then my, one of my favourite shows, as you know from previous podcasts, Ghosts, the third series and the Christmas special were all excellent as always. So if you haven't caught any of Ghosts, there's now three series plus a Christmas episode. So <laughs> what are you doing? go and watch it and have a laugh. Moving (laughs) swiftly on to all the stuff that I've caught since the last podcast, and there is loads. Some of it was pre-planned and some of it was just a complete surprise. So starting with Netflix, I quite enjoyed the new series of Lock and Key. Um, I think it built on the first series. I think it didn't get too childish. It stayed dark and it stayed true to the not horror, but it, the darker side of the world. And again, there were quite a few twists and turns that took me by surprise. So if you like the first series of that, uh, the second series picks up where it left off and, and gets better. So, so
0: what's the general overview of that then? I haven't seen it. Uh,
1: the Locks are a family that live in a sort of creepy house. I think it's the same house that was used in that other horror series, Haunting of House Hill. I think it's the same yeah. house. It looks very oh, similar. Okay. But basically, they're a family and they're... It's called lock and key because the locks sort of look after these special keys that have powers. And each key has a different one. And they're the overseers. And, of course, evil people want to get hold of these keys and use them for bad things. So they've sort of got to look after them. And it all centers around the two teenage children of the family and the younger brother. It sort of filters around them. The mum is still in it. But she's sort of uh, in the background. It's, it's mainly about them. So it's all about their relationships in high school as well. And obviously what they use the keys for. They sort of muck around at the start. But then they soon seem to realize that this, this, these are important and they've got to be really careful. I quite enjoyed it for a sort of fantasy type thing. Quite well made. It's
2: by Joe Hill. The, uh, oh, Stephen s- Kingson, son. Stephen King's son. It's based on a comic book series. So I, I really enjoyed the first one. And the last episode, I know you guys you know, probably didn't even raise your heartbeat by one beat, but for me, the last episode of the last series was so terrifying and creepy. And then it picked up in the second one. It's certainly gone a lot darker. It's not so terrifying, I, I wouldn't watch it, but it is quite thrilling.
1: Hmm. Well, if it's Joe Hill, and, I'll definitely give that a go. Uh, and then I caught the... Third series of the Ricky Gervais comedy, Afterlife, which again, continues where it left off. It's interesting, this series, because I watched the first series and the second series and really liked it. Um, but my wife didn't because she doesn't like Ricky Gervais. So she was like, I'm not watching it. Whatever you say, he's in it. I don't like him. And it was only when some of her friends then said, oh, you must watch series three. And she said, but I haven't watched any of them. And they were like, oh, you must... And she absolutely loved it as well. She she sort of binged watched one and two, and then we watched three together. I think it was stretching a bit in the third, but I think I'm glad he's finished it now. Sort of keeps it quite compact. But, yeah, it handles grief very well uh, from lots of different angles.
0: Did it reach a satisfying conclusion? Uh, Yeah,
1: I think so. Yeah, I think it sort of did. It had a sort of a dreamy bit at the end, but it sort of, yeah, it didn't do anything stupid or, you know, it's not like he suddenly – got over his grief sort of thing it just sort of he learned to live with it like we all do Mm, We all have to learn to adjust and even though time is a bit of a healer it still lives with you for the rest of your life and you get reminders every now and again and it's that's that's how it sort of played out really it wasn't some sort of fairy tale thing where he forgot suddenly was okay and then he was madly in love with someone else suddenly cured and all that sort of whatever Yeah. yeah no and then listeners of previous podcasts will know i absolutely love cobra kai and I must admit, Series 4 continued again. It hasn't run out. It's great fun. Okay, it's a bit predictable most of the time. That's the whole point of it. But there are a few twists in it. But I just love the whole... And it happens in every every series. There's this build-up that you know there's going to be this like big fights at the end and you you know everything's leading to that and and it's it's a no-brainer sort of thing some of the things that are going to happen but it's just thoroughly enjoyable the only thing i did notice though was the cast are really starting to look their age now i think (laughs) in the first series they looked still quite young even though you know it's been 30 uh 30 40 40 years years. 40 40 years since karate kid but now they're actually starting to look quite old so which was quite interesting when they were doing some of the uh, karate fights, and you're thinking, "Oh, you're going to hurt your back." <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. thoroughly enjoyable. Again, if you want a bit of escapism and a bit of silliness, then recommend that.
0: And the episodes are short, aren't they?
1: Yes, Very only short. thirty. Well, thirty minutes, probably less if you take off the credits. So, yes, you can bin. You can get through them quite quickly.
3: <laughs> that's a great recommendation, isn't it? At least they're short.
2: Yeah, and you can
1: binge them. And you can you binge can watch them,
0: yeah. Oh, sorry, Neil, I thought you'd talk about Graham for a minute.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> for the next one, I should probably have some dramatic music, some sort of clips oh, yeah. of cars in slow motion, or or and then a big voice overlapping it going, on this podcast
0: <laughs> that sort of thing, because it's
1: season four of Drive to Survive.
0: Formula One is brutal. It can get tough. It can get ugly. What a race! Amazing!
1: You can be the hero today, but forgotten tomorrow. Everybody's different, but the best ones can step up. We're in this sport to win, and nobody's giving up. Yes! Wraps uh, up the controversy. Yeah. I mean, it was a contro- controversial season anyway, yeah. but Netflix do that fantastic thing of where they edit it. I'm yes, sure yeah. you, have to, you have to watch this with a very big pinch of salt because yes. they edit it in such a way that they make things look better or worse than they actually were i think and you can tell this because some of the drivers have left the netflix series and said they don't want to be part of it anymore yeah because as the series has gone on it's been more sensational and sort of probably less not less truthful but better edited to be more like a reality program rather than a Mm. documentary that's that's
2: interesting because
1: they've actually
2: complained about
1: the editing yes Yes. the the drivers well you can tell because they have clips that you're thinking hang on a sec i don't I've watched Formula One. I think that's from another thing <laughs> yes. and they've just mm. stuck it on to heighten the yeah, tension. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, you yeah. Know, you've got someone swearing and you're thinking, I bet they're not swearing about that thing at all. They just edited it, put that yeah. swearing on after a crash or something, yeah. and then it looks like that's what they've, how they've responded. Yeah. The um, first
3: two series are fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. And they concentrate mainly on the sort of the middle teams and towards the bottom of the spectrum and completely ignore Mercedes and whatever. It's just battles between various teams. And I thought they both worked really well, but there was a bit of a rushed one from the covid affected one in 2020. And yeah. then 2021 just concentrated on the top teams again. I I kind of kind of switched off a bit. Yeah, they're right. still
1: focused on Williams for one episode. They, they do focused yes. on on the rival be between the uh, Alpine and um Alpha whatever it is. They Ooh, they're, they're yeah. sort of the middle ground. So it was quite... better than twenty twenty, series three. Right. Hang, is... hang
0: on a minute, I'm lost, right? This sounds
1: like something I would watch on channel five. What are we talking about? What is this? Motor racing. It's Formula One. So it's Netflix films, all the behind the scenes. So a lot of the drivers behind the scenes and in the pit lane and obviously all the stuff you see on the race anyway. So obviously they focus on the crashes or the near misses or the the, the heighted tension bits, you know, where there's a red flag and the race has to stop. And then they, and they the do, race directors and all that bit. sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah, they do ramp it up quite a lot and they have lots of slow-mo scenes of cars up in flames or something um so <laughs> yes. it is very dramatic but the, the good the thing about it is it and, and i didn't realize this because i'm a formula one fan who watched it so i watched it knowing how it all works and then just finding quite interesting behind the scenes well my wife has started watching it she doesn't like formula one and so she's only started watching it because again because some of our friends recommended it rather than listening to me but anyway um <laughs> yeah. watch do you it only because, do a podcast <laughs> yeah. yeah um it's quite educational <laughs> if you don't know anything yeah, yeah. it's sort hmm. of it does dumb it down and does explain what qualifying is and how it works and how the different teams earn money and and the sort of things that can go wrong right. and the fact it is just a team it's not just the drivers that you've got all mm, these people indeed. making all these decisions and sometimes the drivers aren't happy with what's going on in their garage so but i think it does appeal to people who know nothing about formula one Uh, but it is very over dramatic and it is very ramped up so i think you do have to take it with a huge pinch of salt
3: and you can start in sort of uh, getting interested in the drivers so maybe other other than lewis
0: hamilton does it make Um, him uh, seem like a nice guy They (laughs) They don't don't really really focus on him
3: much. No, they don't. You know, you know too much about him. So why not sort of concentrate on Ocon or, you know, other drivers here and there? I quite enjoy watching it. I binge it immediately. It comes out now. Take a weekend and just watch them all in one lump.
1: If you like sports documentaries, it's another good one from Netflix. They're doing well on that front. And then finally, from Netflix, I watched one that I had mixed feelings about. It's called Pieces of Her. Now, it stars Tony Collette, who. Normally, Ooh. you can recommend in everything. Ooh. And she is quite good in this. But the thing that annoys me, and I don't know if it's deliberate, was the the, the main character, her daughter, just seems awfully stupid. And I don't know whether it was the, <laughs> the actress who just portrays that, whether it's the writing or whether it's just she's meant to be that stupid. I don't know. but So I found it a little bit irritating. But again, good twists and turns, fairly good. Overview of the story is the mum has a big secret. And as the episodes go on, the daughter suddenly realises that her mum is not what she thought she was. It sort of goes one way and then the next, and you're you're trying to guess yourself, thinking, "Oh, I think she was this," or "I think that's what happened." And it slowly uncovers through flashbacks what her mum went through and stuff, and the daughter sort of starts to find out. Yeah, it's quite interesting. It's quite engaging. Um, I watch it mainly for Tony Collett. I think, um, mm. but but yeah, not too bad.
0: It sounds a bit like the long kiss goodnight that Gina Davis film from
1: years ago. Does it have that mm. sort of vibe to it? Uh, yeah, I suppose it's similar. Yes, I suppose it's similar. But that, I think that's where I thought this was going, and it right. didn't. Maybe because I've okay. seen films like that, I was trying yeah. to. Oh, I know what this is going to do, and it didn't quite go that direction. So, which kept me engaged. But
0: yeah, definitely one on my list. Yeah.
1: And then going back to uh, the BBC. Hopefully, most of these are still on the iPlayer because I've, I've watched them. In the last three months. Now, this is an interesting one. The responder starring Martin Freeman. This is interesting. When you watch this, like me, you'll probably the first episode go, Oh my gosh, he's got a Scouse accent. And you'll think, (laughs) Why has he got a Scouse accent? Because you know Martin Freeman hasn't. But actually, the writing is so good that after an episode you completely forget. And he's so believable. And I think it is one of his best ever performances I've seen him in. He the way he portrays policemen having a nervous breakdown and the stress of the job, and how it's handled. And the reason you know it's so well written, it's its written by the guy who actually lived through it. So it's an ex-policeman who was in Liverpool. You can really see that. You can see it in the writing, that this is not someone who's just made it up from, you know, dreaming about it sort of thing. He's lived and breathed some of these things. The, the way the job affects his family, affects his friends... And okay, and I've got I have got a friend who's in the police force and I asked him and he said, yeah, it's it's scarily it can be like that because there are times where you look at it and you think, oh, my gosh, is it really like this? Is it really that bad? And he said, yeah, it can be. And a lot of the police don't get counselling like they should. And that's exactly what this portrays. Yeah. So he said it's very true. Obviously, it's not a true story in that the, the plot isn't true. The central performance based on this real policeman is absolutely fantastic by Martin Freeman. And I hope he goes on to win lots of awards for this. I'll be amazed if he does. Yeah,
0: Yeah, Neil and I know a policeman that did undercover work and had a complete breakdown. Yeah,
1: worth watching. Absolutely worth watching. It's not depressing as such. It's just quite, you think, oh my gosh, I'm glad I don't work in the police. And what an amazing job they have to do And, and, and how on earth they get through life. I don't know. Fair play.
0: Yeah, I was put off it by people saying to me, it has got Martin Freeman in there and he's trying to be different and he can't. But you've intrigued me enough to watch Mm. it. Mm. I think
1: you should should watch two episodes because the first one, like I say, it might take a while. Watch two and you'll either want to watch the rest or you won't. And I was so hooked after two. Next one's interesting. It's called You Don't Know Me. It's only a four-part drama. I quite like the way this was sort of filmed and shot. So it's sort of from a point of view of a guy who's in the jury, he's being found guilty of something, and he's doing his statement. So he's he's said he's not going to be represented by anyone, he's going to represent himself. So he starts to try and convince the jury of why he's innocent. And he sort of does it in a weird way where he sort of says, well, yes, I am guilty of this, and I am guilty of this, and I'm guilty of this, and then he says, but listen to me. And so he goes on to sort of explain why all those things that the prosecution had on him, yeah, they were true, and yeah, they do make him look really suspicious, but there was a reason for each one. So it's quite an interesting one, and I think it is a really good central performance. Um, and I think he has gone on to be the guy who, I can't remember his name, but he's gone on to be nominated, I think, for in a number of categories, because I do think it all resides around his performance, because it is literally, I think he's in every second pretty much of the of the TV programme. The interesting thing is, though, you're treated like a member of the jury, and you have to work through it. And at the end, your decision is, do you believe him or not? So it leaves it up to you of, he's explained it all. You've seen it in sort of flashbacks and stuff. And you sort of look at it and you say, is he just pulling the wool over my eyes? Or is he actually partly telling the truth? And again, it's only four parts. I thought it was quite interesting. Sounds like a very novel twist on 12 Angry Men. Mm. Yeah, 12 Angry Men, though, you're in, you're with the jury, aren't you? You're in the room with the jury, you, you them are, debating but- it. Yeah, Yeah,
0: but you've got one guy that's trying to persuade you. A lot of it is based around Lee J. Cobb, who's projecting his own prejudices, Mm. his own family breakdown, onto this guy in the box. And Henry Fonda's
1: saying to him, you know, you're not viewing him, you're viewing your prejudices. Um, The next series from the BBC has been quite controversial, I understand. I've listened to a a couple of other podcasts where it hasn't gone down very well, especially with uh, the females, is um, This Is Gonna Hurt. The Ben Wilshaw drama based on the book by Dr. Adam Kay. So Dr. Adam Kay wrote this book about his his experience of in a um, labour ward and it's been translated into this drama. Now apparently it, it is different to the book and I think that's where some of the complaints have come from and the complaints have been about the way he seems to flippantly treat women who are giving birth and you know doesn't treat them with much respect but Uh, Maybe because I'm not a woman, I've not had to give birth, thank goodness. I didn't notice this. And my wife, to be fair, didn't really notice it either. She just said it was, we both thought it was a very dark humor, but it was funny. You did find yourself laughing out loud. You know, the situations here in, you know, uh, that a lot of doctors are in where, you know, long hours, being completely tired, expected to make life-saving decisions when you've not had any sleep, incredible, really, saving lives, but also making mistakes. I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed watching it. And I thought the girl who played his uh, junior, like a junior doctor that was coming in, Mbika Mod, I think that's how you pronounce it. She is absolutely phenomenal. I don't think she's been in much else. I think it's her first sort of big role. She plays this junior doctor. You follow her story and you think, oh my goodness, wow. You know, One thing you think it's stressful for him, but she's trying to learn all this stuff and do her exams at the same time and of course she also has got that non-realistic view so she thinks that you know we could, they can always do good and everyone can be saved when actually in realistic you know that's not always the truth and you you know mistakes will happen and people will lose their lives and she obviously has got to come to grips with the first few times that happens and it's just really interesting to watch and really interesting to watch how all the various staff in the hospital handle it and they all handle it differently i thoroughly enjoyed it but there has been some a bit of uproar about it.
0: I haven't seen it, but I spoke to a maternity nurse who had been watching it and she
1: said it was really good. This was an older one that my wife watched last year and she said, I must watch it while it's still on the iPlayer. So I did. Now, you've probably seen it, Jeff. It's a documentary, a one-off documentary called Four Hours at the Capitol about the storming of the White House. Yes, I did, yeah. And it's absolutely brilliant. And hopefully it's still on there because I think anyone listening to this, if you have a couple of hours spare, just watch it. Because it is just phenomenal. And I really like the way that they showed it from all sides. So they didn't take one side. They showed it from the side of Congress, from the side of the protesters, from the policemen. And they tried to get a, everyone's view on that day. So over those sort of four or five hours, everyone's view. And I thought that was really well handled. I thought they didn't sensationalize anything. They didn't take one person's opinion. They met, made you make your own decisions. They just gave the facts, which.
2: This is available up until the
1: end of the year. Oh brilliant. That's because it's so good, I think.
2: This is right in my wheelhouse yeah. and I
1: did I was the, the same end. I was the same Graham I missed it and it was only when my wife kept nagging at me saying you must see this that I literally one night I said okay you're going out for the night I'm going to watch it and when she came back I was just like oh thank you for recommending that. <laughs>
2: it's,
0: it's
1: one of the best documentaries I've seen in a long time.
0: And to be fair,
1: we're not short of good documentaries at the moment. There's a lot of good ones around there. Yeah, and and on all channels, really. I'm finding Mm -hmm. that you know, if you want, if you want to watch a documentary on pretty any any streaming service, you can find a really good. The most bizarre one for me, the one I think I've enjoyed the most so far
0: this year, came out of left field. Was the Secrets of the Craze on ITV? Have you watched that?
1: I haven't caught that one. Is it so? It's worth watching.
0: It definitely is worth it. Three parts, and it shows you know the beginnings, the rise, and the fall. There was a lot of stuff I didn't know about them. In the 60s, Ronnie and Reg ruled London.
3: The Cray's were a new breed.
2: Reggie wanted to be famous.
0: Ron Cray's obsession with violence was building up. You have to be careful of making heroes of people that don't deserve it.
3: They had an aura of glamour, but underneath?
0: Well, they're animals, really. It really covered it. It, it spoke to people that were in the crew. It spoke to some of the police that brought them down. And what happened after, and it was really, for me, one of the most chilling moments was almost the postscript of how they've been immortalised by these entertainers, you know. They're not bad lads, okay, then, so we'll we'll forgive the murders, but um <laughs> this almost sort of crime as entertainment thing that they come out with. But it's a tremendous three-part documentary, really well worth it. It's on ITV.
1: Okay, I'll try and catch that then. And talking of American documentaries, I've been quite disappointed by the new Louis Theroux series. Now, I don't know whether you guys have caught this, but I normally quite enjoy his series. I I normally think he's quite good at trying to get under the skin of people and sort of becoming friends with them and then trying to get them at their weak points. But actually, I found him just not on song, and he just seemed to be asking all the wrong questions and just not doing what he's good at. I don't know. I don't know whether it was edited that way, whether he's just maybe just was scared a bit because the problem is this series of documentaries about some quite extreme people in America so he he goes to see young lads who film these videos with guns in and you know the street thing and they all think it's really cool to write these sort of rap songs around guns and stuff and yeah it's interesting but it's quite depressing as well and I don't think he really got to the crux of it I think he just sort of I went round just following them, not really adding any value. And again, the the one he went to see some uh, some of these right wing politicians. That, and,
0: that's the only one of the series I saw.
1: Yeah, and again, I'm not sure whether a I'm not sure whether you, you should give the, you should give these people screen time. To be honest, I mean, I know that's probably a bit middle class of me, but I'm not sure whether you should give reason to for people to think, oh yeah, I quite like their views and join up. I don't know, but if he'd have done a good job, I might have been more inclined to say, yeah, it was worth him you know, going to visit these people and interviewing them. But he didn't, as far as I'm aware, do anything. You could have just had cameramen following them around and you would have got the same response. I don't know what you thought, Jeff, but that one you watched.
0: They're all a bunch of 20-something virgins and nothing else to do. And I did see after that show, when the war started in Ukraine, the 21-year-old, I think he's 21 or 24, you know, he's the sort of face of the future of right-wing America. And they showed him in a conference, and all of them were cheering Putin on and calling out Putin's name, which was just genuinely scary and genuinely stupid. You walk away from it that these people are just totally brainwashed. They're either brainwashed and followers, or they they have extremist self-promotion ideals, and they're really scary people. And shoot them. That's what I would do, personally.
2: (laughs) it's, It's just look at me, look at me, isn't it? Oh, look, I'm trying to be edgy and, you know confrontational aren't it, they interesting and they're yeah, not it, they just no, come across as idiots
0: it, it's no coincidence that none of them have got girlfriends or even boyfriends god
1: forbid they'd have boyfriends they have to leave the movement I just think it was a shame I think it was a missed opportunity for if he'd have been on his game maybe that's you know, that's out.
2: really interesting because i always liked him because every now and again you find yourself leaning f- closer and closer to the tv is because it, the, you're thinking oh that's the next question oh he's just asked that and he's getting closer and closer to the real person and stripping away all the pretend and he's really good at that but if he's off his game what's the reason to watch it
0: let me pose this question to you all then do you think Louis Theroux went off his game after he got suckered by Jimmy Savile? Do you think he's ever been the same since then?
1: Maybe. Maybe that plays on his mind. Maybe he's worried that he'll be made a fool of again or something. Or Even though I don't think it was his fault at all, I, guess I actually thought that episode he did was really good. Even with the news afterwards, I still think he didn't do anything controversial. I just think he... You know, like a lot of people, he pulled the wool over our eyes, didn't he? So, um, yeah. so no, you're right. Maybe is that. Maybe he's just. I think he was a little bit scared. I think, I honestly, think he was. You know, these were quite nasty people he was talking to, and yeah. I think he was a little bit scared. And maybe that's an age thing. Maybe he hasn't got the sort of youthful vigor that he used to have. I don't know. I'd be interested if you guys do catch it. No, like I'll you thought, try and catch that. Personally, I wouldn't recommend you watching it, though. Um, I know I can't have always good things on this podcast, so I just like to make people aware but I'm sure some people will like it The other drama I quite enjoyed again was a true story one was um, four lives starring Stephen Merchant and Sheridan Smith This is again only a four-part drama about Stephen Port the serial killer your oh, um, thing things that, about this yeah. yeah the thing that's interesting about this is how incredibly useless the police were. And again, I did check on this with some my friend who's in the police, and he said it's actually worse than the TV, you know, series makes out. They actually toned it down a bit. Absolute inept, and it's quite shocking, really. And again, you find yourself shouting at the TV screen in disbelief that this is true, and you you, you do almost you end up googling it, thinking that, that can't be right, <laughs> that can't have happened like that, um, but it did. So people died through their incompetence. Yeah, yeah, absolutely shocking. So yeah, but. Worth a watch, and Stephen Merchant is creepy. I mean, he can really play creepy. So, and he is in this.
2: Wow. Yeah. Okay.
0: I meant to see it. I just didn't get around to. it. I think there's something else, a couple of other things on at that time. But again, yeah, like you, I've heard no end of good things about this.
1: The final one I haven't finished yet, but I've watched four episodes. I think it is of Killing Eve. Now, this is one I raved about, obviously earlier in early carry on streamings, series one and two, especially. Mm. I think I'm in the same camp as most people I speak to. Should have ended at the end of series two. Yeah. I think series three went a bit weird and series four is just even stranger and doesn't really, neither of them seem to add anything to the characters we got to know and love in the first two. I mean, the performances are still good. Some of the murder scenes are still quite humorous and and different. Um, But I think they've, I don't know. I don't know whether it's because the writers have changed. I don't know whether that's why, but Definitely watch the first two series, and then if I was you, I wouldn't bother watching series three and four. It's a show I've not watched yet. But like I say, if you do, just watch the first two and then turn it off. Yeah.
2: I got it right then. I've only watched the first two. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah,
1: yeah. don't ruin it. Just leave it with that nice thing of I really enjoyed those first two series. Yes, indeed. Okay, now switching on to some other streaming services. Amazon Prime. I watched a few things on Amazon Prime that I was really pleased with one of them was one my son's been raving about for a while and i never got around to watching it was the animated series incredible um i don't Ooh, know if you've seen yes, this graham yes but, um, yes absolutely <laughs> love this what's wow. it about dark
2: dark and darker it's
1: it's wow. basically what comic book movies should be if they're going yeah. to reflect the comic books not you know nice family friendly but let's do everything that happens in the comics from smashing people's brains to smithereens to whatever. The other thing I loved about it, it was everything the Justice League should have been, but wasn't, Mm. Um, in that you've got the whole premise of, and it it worked, the Justice League that was in the comics was, was similar, in that you've got these egotistical superheroes that all think they're the best because they've all got amazing powers, and they, like any group of people, they all fight to be the best, fight amongst themselves, don't get on. It's not like a happy bunch sort of thing. And you also reflect on the fact that innocents get killed in these situations. It's not just, oh, the heroes are saving the world. They're actually killing a lot of people by accident because they're chucking buildings at each other or whatever. And it doesn't hide it. It doesn't try and sugarcoat it. It shows all these people getting killed. I absolutely thoroughly loved it from beginning to end.
2: And it's up for a second series as well. There's a second series coming. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really, really good. I really enjoyed it. I think I, I binge-watched the last three episodes or something. It was just so good.
0: Okay. This, this is interesting because Prime, to me, seems to have gone very quiet at the moment. And I'm thinking because they spent so much money on that Lord of the Rings thing that's coming later this year, that mm-hmm. they haven't got a lot of new content flying around, and you're proving me wrong.
1: I mean, this one wasn't new, so that might explain it. But no, there was one good series that was new that I really enjoyed on Amazon Prime. And that was Reacher. Yes. Now, yes. You know, yes. If you're a yeah. fan of Lee Child's books. And mm. you were really disappointed that they cast a little mid- midget called Tom Cruise <laughs> in the film.
3: Very <laughs> careful, Dick. Don't be hyped, <laughs> <eyepished>
1: around Graham. <laughs> yes. I think even Graham would realise he couldn't have played Jack Reacher convincingly.
2: Dick and Jeff would have been my little sidekick, yeah.
1: Yes, <laughs> indeed. So they've cast Alan Richon, who I only know him from Hawking Titans. He's been in a few other things as well, but he literally looks and sounds like jack reacher and the whole thing about jack reacher is he doesn't say a lot he just keeps quiet he only speaks when it's necessary and he absolutely got this character spot on it's very well produced very watchable if you love the books you'll love this there's not this oh dear i was disappointed with the films don't worry about that watch this Uh, again i'd watch an episode and i'd want to watch the next one straight away and the plot line this is the first book so I'm hoping it's been so well-received that they'll make more, um, because I think he's definitely made this character his own, has so, Mr. Richem.
0: So the series is one continuous story, not yes. individual
3: yes. stories, then? No, it's yeah. one story. Yeah. One story. It's one story.
2: brilliant, Jeff. based really on like The it.
0: Killing Field, yeah. the book called The Killing Field, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Do you want to give me a bit of a setup on this? Because I am intrigued. Well, it's basically about this guy Jack Reacher. So he's a, he doesn't say much. He's—he's he's huge. He's like six foot five, and he's a big guy. He's X forces. You don't know much about him. He doesn't share things with people. He just doesn't. He just cuts himself off from the world. But he gets involved. Something happens which drags him into. The, well, I think he gets—he gets arrested at the start because he's—they think he's involved because he looks like someone who should be involved, and he isn't. And so they think he's bad. He actually turns out to be. A fairly nice guy. I don't want to give anything away, but the, the place he's in has got a lot of under underworld criminal stuff going on that's sort of hidden, and he sort of uncovers a lot of it and solves the crime sort of thing. But, um, yeah, very well played and very true to the character in the books.
0: It's on my to-watch list. I like the movie, so I'm just going to run a comparison on that. Yeah.
2: my wife and I binge-watched it, watched it over a, a weekend and a Monday, yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. Really good. And the last one is what one again I haven't finished watching yet and I, but I've been a bit disappointed is the new series of Picard. I absolutely loved the first series.
2: Oh, you much. It's yeah. brilliant.
1: Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm
2: loving it. Absolutely. maybe it's because i've only watched
1: maybe it's because i've only watched a couple maybe it's going to get a bit better oh, no i'm really really i yeah. will i will continue with it but i just think a i think he just looks so old now compared he to is, the last he, he is looks ancient. really old like he's he almost can't walk which sort of makes me disbelieve the character somewhat and some of the things they're getting him to do i just think i'm mm, not sure yes they've they've brought back the Borg, which, Borg is which obviously She's you can't great. you can't separate from Picard because of what happened to him. So, so that was good, but I don't know. I just I think maybe it's because it's too soon in the series, and I maybe should give it more time. But I just loved the first one so much. I think that was that was my problem. I think it sort of just sort of stopped. But there we go. The other streaming service. I'll move on to another one that I've been really impressed with, especially Jeff, as you say, with new content is Disney Plus. Mm, um, yeah, I only got Disney Plus originally to watch some of the Marvel stuff that had been building up. And I thought, well, if I get it for three months, I can binge watch things that I mentioned in the in the last podcast, like Loki and um, some of the others. I found more content on there and some really good content that's not Marvel related. I mean, first of all, just quickly on the Marvel front, I really enjoyed, again, if you like animation, like Graham and I do, is the What If series. Uh, it was a bit silly. Yeah. It was, you have to yeah. take, again, you have to, but they're basically just twisting Uh, well-known characters on their head and saying what if it wasn't you know what if captain america wasn't a man but was a woman and sort of things like that but i think they do it quite well what i really loved was the uh, drawings at the end of the episode as well i absolutely loved the drawings i don't know maybe just because i'm a bit of a comic book fan i just thought the stills that they had were fantastic so So it's marvel it's marvel it's a bit silly but if you like animation but moving away from marvel because the other stuff i found on disney plus was non-marvel related I thoroughly enjoyed the Pam and Tommy series about Pam Anderson. Um, I I was so impressed. If you know Lily James and you know what she yeah. looks like from Downton Abbey, oh my gosh, the amount of prosthetics that and stuff they must have put on her in terms of I th- apparently it was it was a forehead, a breastplate, wigs, contacts, dentures that works. But she absolutely pulls it off. She is fantastic, and and Sebastian Stan. <laughs> Sebastian I do think
2: Stan- pulls it off is the right oh, yeah, phrase. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Sebastian Stan, who is really going up in my estimation, outside of his previous Marvel roles, absolutely is fantastic as Tommy Lee. I know he's a bit of a, a character, probably quite f- good fun to portray, but I thought he, he did it really well. I thought he played it. Seth Rogen was okay. He was, he's, he's sort of the comic element of it. But I thought those two and their relationship and how they and sort of met each other how it went through their you know their romance and then them starting to you know fall out not giving anything away really if you, hopefully you should know by now but but i just thought for their two central performances it was fantastic and worth watching and i actually thought the only thing i thought was really interesting though was they really did a really good job of portraying how they dealt with consent from a male point of view and a female point of view i thought they handled brilliantly the whole pamela anderson thing was handled brilliantly but what really shocked me was i found out they didn't ask for her consent to make this, which is a real shame because they do portray her in a really good light. But I just think it's almost making a mockery of their saying, the thing that's wrong with this is that no one asked for her consent. See how upset she was from that. And yet they did the same thing by not asking for her consent to make it, which seems a bit take a bit of mockery of it. But other than that, I thought, fantastic, worth watching, good fun. And then... I know, I think he's one of your favourite actors, Jeff, but Michael Keaton was absolutely phenomenal in the series Dope Sick. Dope Sick, absolutely. It's my favourite show of the year so far.
2: Foxy Cotton does what I think it can. It could soon become Purdue's first billion-dollar drug. Purdue continues to lie about the drug's safety to doctors, to patients and the FDA be the major case here
1: addiction rates overdoses and crime are on the rise across
2: the country because of this drug
1: and also one of my favorite actresses caitlin diva Dava, who was who i raved yeah. about in um unbelievable who was fantastic in that again it's absolutely incredible in this because it's american and it's an american drugs company i didn't really know much about it it was probably at a time when i wasn't that interested in the news maybe when i was younger and it's such a shocking story and you do find after every episode you're googling everything yes to try and yeah find out. Uh, yeah
0: uh, and what got me when i first sat down to watch it so i saw the trailer i so saw michael keaton thought i gotta watch this and then suddenly I realized that the writer is Danny Strong. Now Danny Strong is one of my favorite American writers. He usually writes political stuff. The way it's framed is unique, you know, because you see in the Oxycontin scandal, but you've seen it over different years. So it might start off in 2004, this episode. Then it goes back to 1996, and you get some background as to what this part of it is. And it all comes together as a whole. Just incredible performances. Keaton is amazing. The moment for me, and I spoke to Graham about this. The the yeah. bit that got me was in the last episode, when the boss of the company of Purdue Pharma yes. says says to, to to one of the uh, one of the endlings, "I'm promoting you to chairman. I'm stepping down as CEO. I think you're going to do a great job." Because they know the net's closing in on them, yeah. and I just <laughs> thought that was just an amazing scene. You're sitting there, open mouth, swearing at the TV, which you should do at All Good TV. The best thing I've seen this year.
2: It's quite funny. Jeff was was a couple of shows ahead of me, and we were, he, he'd phone me and we'd talk about it. And I and then Jeff says, oh, episode five, it's a real downer. And I thought, what? Worse than we've had already? <laughs> yeah. And he was, if anything, Jeff undersold it. It was yeah. so depressing.
0: You, yeah. you don't think it would get any bleaker than Rudy Giuliani turns up? Uh, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. that was uh, very interesting. Yeah, um, my only criticism I mean, I thought it was fantastic, as you say. I thought it took a couple of episodes to get into it, and I think that, the, as you said, the year jumping around thing took a while to adjust to. Yes, when I was first watching it, I was like, hang on a sec, what's going on here? Oh, gosh, yeah, they've gone back, and I know that they flashed up the year, but it was it took a while for me to realize which characters were in which timeline, if you see what I meant. The black woman, you know, investigating at one point, and then you've got the two guys trying to, you know, to court. and you're trying to work out. But once you get in that sink, so after a couple of episodes, and you realise then it's easier, and it becomes more enjoyable because you're yeah. not, you're just sort of in the moment. But yeah, that was, that was my only thing. So give it a couple of episodes. If you're finding the first one a bit it, difficult, stick with it because it's worth it.
0: And that's interesting what you're saying because, yeah, you're talking about the Rosario Dawson story. It starts almost at the end I mean you're yes. literally at the end and and she's going through her divorce that's the first episode and then the rest of her story is told in flashback why did she become that character and it's only at the very end that it moves her forward again it's great that's why I think I say so Danny Strong I mean amazing for a guy that started out as an actor on Buffy the Vampire Slayer is up there with Aaron Sorkin as one of the best writers in America at the moment
1: and then penultimately on Disney Plus, I did get round to watching The Mandalorian after waiting a while to join Disney Plus World. Did thoroughly enjoy the first series. I've only watched the first. I haven't watched the second yet. And I did think it's true what people have said. It is like a Western. It yes. is literally yeah. like the lone wolf Clint Eastwood type character protecting the innocent, sort of wandering in into the town and protecting everyone. Really well made. Not too Star Warsy fan heavy. Obviously, there are cameos to keep the fans happy, but... I thought it had a good enough storyline and very well directed. Even one, Darden, directed by Teiki Wakiti, I can never say. Teiki, <laughs> T- T- like, yeah. Wakiti, yeah. So, yeah. That one was the them.
2: last one of the first series. Yeah, that was... And you could see the quality step up. He's a hell of a director.
1: Yeah. And to finish, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to mention Marvel again, Jeff. I do apologise because I've only watched one episode of Moon Knight but oh my gosh what an incredible yes. first episode just finished the second one oh yeah, yeah. I've just oh, finished on. the second one as well yeah I hope it continues on the way yes Oscar Isaac is absolutely brilliant yeah how they got him I you know I did read up on it and how they had to convince him over and over again to take this part thank goodness and his did. accent's fantastic yeah <laughs> his accent's great uh, absolutely yeah. brilliant and I love the fact it's set you know, in in London or whatever, and and I just love that that it's yeah. something different, and it's a character that most people, unless you're hardcore, don't know much about. We're all learning together.
3: I, I still don't know anything about him.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> but the way <laughs> two episodes, the way it switches between you know his his different personas or whatever is yeah. is fantastic, and that was one episode. You know, I got to the end of that one episode and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to wait till next week (laughs) to watch the next one. And I can't watch it because I'm recording this podcast because it was out today. So, Yeah. 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 Um, So, yeah. So I know you don't like Marvel, Jeff, but um, if it carries on at at this level, um, it's going to be a really good series.
0: I must admit, you have amazed me because I thought there was one series and I made a point of watching it. I thought, Dex going to talk about this. And you've not mentioned it yet. It's called The Witchfinder. With Tim Key and Daisy
1: Cooper? I haven't because I've only watched one episode. And so I didn't think it was fair to, because I wasn't annoyed by it. It wasn't like Moon Knight, where I absolutely loved the first episode. It was like, okay, we'll see where this is going. So I'll probably talk about that more in the next podcast if I get to the end and recommend it. But at the moment, I've only watched one episode. So it's I... a
0: slow burn. It does pick up. What's intriguing is in virtually every episode, there's a comedian who's made their name through Twitter. They seem to cast one per episode. And Neil and I were discussing the other day that the exploding head guys, one of them is in episode five. But in every episode, you will find one of them. Yeah, it's very slow burn. And it takes a long time to to get to understand where they're coming from and why they are like they are. And it all builds around meeting the Witchfinder General Matthew Hopkins, which I won't say who plays him and where that comes in, but yeah, I'll be interested in your views when you when you watch the whole thing. I I did see it all.
1: So finally, uh, the last streaming service I've left out is ITV, and it's not the the craze because obviously I've still got that to watch that on my list. I watched the and it was truly harrowing but fascinating. Um, the true life drama about Anne Williams and um, Hillsborough, uh, the mother of a fifteen year old mm. who died at the Hillsborough tragedy in nineteen eighty nine, Maxine Peak absolutely playing her a game in this it's called Anne, um just after the main character it's worth watching just for her acting alone and um, i mean it's a hard watch it is harrowing. it's horrific some of the things that went on i mean we probably all know it now after mm. watching so many documentaries but even if you do know the story just watching her performance of a mother and what she has to go through and the different emotions is just incredible absolutely incredible and they age her quite well I mean it's a bit iffy at the end but they they do age her quite well but it's just the yeah the whole impact and the whole um, determination she had and and the never give up attitude was admirable honestly you know at times we all do it don't we at times we all try you know we maybe complain about things once or twice and then just give up because we think oh we're not getting anywhere and then it's people like this who you know on behalf of obviously loads of other people uh, parents that lost loved ones as well is that she just keeps going and full credit i mean people like this admirable and there's a documentary as well where you get to see the real Anne williams the that accompanies the that's on the itv player as well yeah maxine peak fair and play very good actress okay interesting so that's sort of a summary of i didn't want to go i mean there was i did watch a lot of other stuff as well but most of it was a bit and i could take or leave as you've done
0: Marvel, can I throw a, a DC one in that actually is really good? Yes, you can do. The Peacemaker, season one. Oh, you see, this is what <laughs> I'm getting on to. This is
1: my what to watch list.
0: Oh, is it? Okay, Well, I will keep quiet for now till you get to it. <laughs> I have seen it all. Almost binged the thing. It was oh, that really? good. Oh, really? That's good. Me yeah, that's, too. That's me Jewish too.
1: Me. me too, absolutely brilliant. Moving swiftly on to, oh my goodness, there's so much telly still to watch. <laughs> yes, there is so much stuff that's, that's out now that I still have got to watch. And there's so much stuff that's coming out very soon that I'm so excited about that I don't know when I'm gonna... And of course, we're, as we said, it's spring, the weather's getting nicer. It's gonna make it harder to watch as much TV. I, I just hope these things stay on these streaming service for a long time so that I, if I don't get time, I can watch them at the end of the year. So running through them quickly, the, I'm just gonna run through sort of the highlights. On ITV is the true story of John Darwin, the man who faked his death in 2002 in a canoe accident and also his wife and Darwin who became complicit in the whole scheme. And obviously he managed to fool the police, the insurance companies, everyone, including friends and family. And their own kids. Yeah. Yeah. And the main reason I want to watch this is that it stars Eddie Marzen, who's fantastic in everything. If you're going to watch something on ITV over the next few months, watch this. It's out on the 17th of April. So keep your eye out for that one. But I recommend I'll probably be hopefully singing its praise in the next podcast.
0: I'll certainly watch that. What gets me with that, and it's a spoiler alert for anybody that doesn't know the story, so I'm going to touch on the end, is he planned it, his idea, she ends up getting
1: the bigger prison sentence. Yes. Mm. (laughs) On Amazon Prime, I'm quite excited about the season three of Boys, which is out on the 3rd of June. Um, I've started watching that no day. I'm two episodes in. And what's your view? Are you? Do you think it's good? I, I really like it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So hopefully that will continue in the vein of the first two series. There's obviously a concern that it it might do a killing eve and go a bit downhill. That's mm. always the worry, which I find with the third series of anything. Yeah, is normally they've they've used up all their original ideas and now it's like where they're going to take it. So I think there is a fear of that, but I would still look forward to watching that on Prime on Channel Four. There's a couple of things. One, I don't know if you caught this, Graham, but I haven't got round to watching it yet. It's out at the moment. Is the anime series of Blade Runner that Lotus?
2: Yes. Yeah. Have have you watched? Yes. No. That's what what was it on?
1: What was it on? on? All four. All four. Yeah. It looks really good, and feedback has been that it's very impressive. So it's inspired by the film, but if you like anime, then uh, and I'm definitely going to watch this when I get time. And the other comedy on Channel Four that's returning on the twelfth of April is the third series of Derry Girls. Yes, so you can never get enough Derry Girls. Great fun! I'm looking forward to that as well. I don't anyone who doesn't know about Derry Girls watch it. It's good yes. fun. Yes, you can't help but laugh.
3: Extremely funny.
1: That's those two streaming services, and then coming up on Disney Plus. There's the obvious one, because it's been advertised everywhere, is Obi-Wan Kenobi coming out on the, now being delayed slightly, but on the 27th of May rather than the 25th. I think I'm more interested in this because I found out it's been directed by Deborah Cho, who did such a good job on on a lot of the Mandalorian episodes. So that sort of makes me a little bit more excited about where they're going to take this. And it'll be interesting to see the return of Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen, who's obviously been a bit quiet since his starring as Darth Vader in the films. So they're continuing from after Revenge of the Sith. That's where the story is taking 10 years after the end of that film. So it'll be interesting where they take it.
0: I, I think the,
1: as much as I hate to use this
0: word, the universe they're building up with the Star Wars things, the two Mandalorian, how that feeds into Boba Fett, and now you've got this. They're taking their time. They plan it out. John Farview has been given a lot of creative control. So everything that went wrong with the last, batch of films they're getting right here and, yes. that's, um, and yeah it's eminently
1: watchable and then a slightly controversial one is the danny boyle series about the sex pistols called pistols yeah, it's out that ended the, up in court didn't it yeah i think so it's it's out on the 31st of may it's only six episodes mm. um but yes i mean john lyden has said it's a load of rubbish and uh, but apparently it's based on the steve jones the guitarist. It's based on his book. So, yeah, and because it's Danny Boyle, I think it'll be interesting to watch. I'm yeah. definitely going to give it a go. that
0: John, be John Lydon the Brexiteer. That John Lydon.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, that's, there's a few things there and reasons to sign up for Disney+, Plus if you haven't already. The other one that I'm excited about is Apple TV. So Apple has got a couple of things that have already come out, one of which I haven't got around to watching yet, but everyone says it's good, is Severance. It's a Twilight yeah. Zone-type series. Directed by Ben Stiller, basically is a character who has a normal, boring office job, and then he has some sort of medical procedure where he ends up with two separate memories. So he has his work one and then he when he leaves work he doesn't remember anything that's in work and when he's at work he does so he basically sort of becomes two personalities which is meant to be the perfect work-life balance so you're not stressing about work when you're outside work and you're not worrying about things outside of work when you're in work but it's not quite what it seems and it's meant to be quite good Originally it wasn't on my radar but I've been reading a lot of reviews about it and it's it's definitely on my watch list now Yeah, there's there's a couple on Apple I really want to catch yeah. up with and that's definitely one of them uh, The other one that I'm sure is the other one that's on your list, Jeff, is Slow Horses Oh, um, yes Now, yes. I've, I've watched the trailer
2: I don't normally do these kind of speeches, but this feels like a big moment. I know it's not easy being banished from MI5 to my department. But that's on you. Only screw-ups get sent to Slough House.
1: And I've got to be honest. Working
2: with you has been the lowest point in a disappointing career.
1: Right. I need to make time to watch it. I need to finish the other things I'm watching to make time to watch this. But yeah, Gary Oldman looks absolutely fantastic, playing the lead of a team of MI5 agents. And of course, he's accompanied by some fantastic cast, Christian Scott Thomas, who can't do anything wrong, and Jonathan Price, who I think is one of the best British actors ever. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to Slow Horses. And that's out now.
2: I've watched both of them, and I cannot wait for Friday. I just cannot wait. I should be watching it probably after breakfast.
1: It's that good. Um, So there's a benefit to being retired, isn't there? You get to watch more of this stuff. (laughs) There are a few benefits, yes. Um, There's a series coming out on Apple TV that looks, I'm going to use the word interesting. It's the sort of thing BBC does. I've not really seen anyone else do it, so it'll be interesting how they do it. It's basically one of these anthology series where you have a different cast member each episode And it's called, the way they describe it is a darkly comic feminist fables. It's interesting. But it's the cast that impresses me. There's only eight half-hour episodes, and you've got Nicole Kidman, you've got Cynthia Erivo, Merritt Weaver, and some really good female actresses. What's it called again, Dave? Raw. It's called Raw. It's the sort of thing you find on Channel 4 or BBC normally. Um, It'll be interesting to see how Apple do it. It's out on the 15th of April. It's not the sort of thing I'll probably binge watch because I'll probably want to focus on the one character each time and then maybe leave it a week to focus on the next one because I suspect some of them will be quite heavy. But I don't know. We'll see.
2: I'm so impressed with Apple TV. So impressed. It's won all these awards. Three
1: Oscars for Coda.
2: Yeah, in three years. And Netflix have not done that in
1: 16. So Now TV, which, and, and if you heard on my last podcast, I stopped paying for, for a while because it sort of it ran yeah. out of things. I've just re-signed up again, mainly for the what Jeff mentioned. Um so I've signed mm-hmm. up again for the Peacemaker, which looks great fun. Uh, <laughs> I'm really is amazing. excited about that. I also realized that the second series of Raised by Wolves is out on the sixth of April. So today. And a lot of people didn't like it. I really enjoyed the first series, so I'll be definitely watching the second. Um
0: Yeah. Elijah's a huge fan of Raised by Wolves. Really?
2: Yeah. I mean mm-hmm. it is bad crazy
1: yeah it is okay. and it is slowish, but yeah. i I do love that sort of thing mm, I do that sort is. of slow burner sci fi asking sort of the god question and stuff I yeah. find it quite quite interesting. I think oh, I spoke but, about it on one of my previous podcasts, and yeah. yeah but peacemaker yeah i think I think you'll love it it's it
0: I oh, think Christ. it's the best thing that James Gunn's done. Yeah. Period. I think he's even come close to anything like this. I even like John Cena, which I I haven't liked him before, but I I sort of warmed to him in the series. Have you been watching, at the end of every episode, they have a little outtake of one of the ad-lib things that went on a bit too
1: long, and they're superb as well. Yes. Netflix um, seem to be just... It looks like, I don't know, what it looks like they're taking my previous watch list and just adding another series to everything um, that I've recommended before. So coming up, some of this is out already. Series four of Top Boy, which I absolutely loved, is out. So I'm looking mm. forward to watching that. Uh, the second series of Bridgerton was light relief during the pandemic. And by all accounts, the second series is just as much fun. So um, I will watch the second series of Bridgerton. The second series of Russian Doll is out on the 20th of April. And again, I quite enjoyed first series it had its moments i'll definitely give the second series a go series four of stranger things is out on may the 27th hopefully it will continue the good work it's been doing i do love the whole setting of the but now i presume they're getting quite into the late 80s now so it'll be interesting to see where they take that we mentioned him earlier but there's a documentary series about Jimmy Savile uh, interestingly mm. titled A British Horror Story um, <laughs> which is out today on the 6th of April I will catch that because again it's meant to be quite interesting and there's meant to be some footage that's that they've got hold of that um is quite enlightening but my big concern is much like Drive to Survive are Netflix going to edit it in such a way that it's sort of Sensationalizes a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know; that's my only concern. But I'll definitely catch that. And then, longer, further away, they're m- making Resident Evil, and they by all of stands of it, they're going to try and do it properly this time. After the films were not great, so they've got a series out on the first of July on Netflix. So fingers crossed, they'll actually get get it right this time. And then finally, this one. And uh, now, for American listeners, I know it's out because it's out on Paramount Plus. For UK listeners, I don't know who's going to end up buying it, but I think they're gonna pay a lot of money for it. On the fifth of May, Star Trek Strange New Worlds comes out on Paramount Plus. Basically take continuing the story of Captain Christopher Pike before the year before Kirk. yeah. Uh, yeah I, very I can tell you where it. that's
0: going, Deck. Sky have signed a big deal with Paramount Plus.
1: Ah, so it's gonna be going on to
0: So that yeah. Right. So I believe the second series of Star Trek Discovery is going on there, or one series, I don't know. I lose track Star Trek, Star Trek, and it's all the same to me. But, um,
2: <laughs> uh, Doc
0: would be Doc, my yes.
2: advice. <laughs> Incoming.
0: <laughs> Anything Star Trek in future is probably going to end up on Sky. Mm-hmm. The sizable amount they paid to Paramount
1: Blast for this deal. Cool. Excellent. Uh, so sorry it took so long, but I've, no, no, uh, well, I've got uh, a shout out for
0: one a shout out for one. resident alien season of on at the moment I think bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little it of a little what's it called sorry resident alien so oh
3: right yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Alan, what's his name what's dick name bit of an alien that's come down, taken over a human form a and a doctor yeah the the setup is he's here to destroy the earth but he starts to get to know these humans that he's in this small town and it's just charming they're, they're really nice people he is so funny because he is he just plays it alien yes. but as the story goes on there's a few twists and turns we're in season 2 at the moment and it's been split into two there's eight episodes that are being shown now and then a further eight episodes much later in the year. It is very, very good. And the one I'm amazed you have
1: not mentioned at all, deck the Ipcrest file. Oh, the ITV really? one. Is it any good? It uh, just hasn't... It's Again, I've got so much on my list. It's sort of not really... Uh, yes, it
0: is good. Young lad Cole that's playing Harry Palmer is brilliant. I just... It's thrown me completely because I always assumed... The film was like the book, and the film is nothing like the book, as I've now found out. <laughs> so this going right? in a completely different direction. Tom hmm. Hollander is superb. The recreation of the '60s um, and all the Cold oh, Wars. Have stuff. A look at that. Yes, yeah, definitely, definitely worth it, worth a look. <laughs> um,
3: um, you mentioned um, pistols coming out 31st of May. There's also, and I can't remember what channels it's on. There's also one on the police, written by uh, uh, Andy Summers.
2: Andy Summers, Andy Summers, oh, okay.
3: Andy Summers, his book, and footage from uh, modern day and and at a reunion thing, and he took thousands of photographs. He just got into photography, and so you've got his recollections of how everything went on and what happened, and that's really fascinating because Sting comes out of it so
2: badly. Oh, yeah. surprise, it's,
3: surprise, surprise, yeah. surprise,
0: surprise. Yeah. So before we get sued, let's move on to the other topic that I just want to quickly talk about. Uh, in recent days, the government, through thick bint Doris, have uh, decided they're going to try and take out Channel 4 and sell it off, though there's no reason to, mainly because Johnson doesn't like Channel 4 news.
1: Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Deck? I like you said, I don't know why they're doing it. I don't understand it. And my concern is you will lose. You know, Channel 4 has a certain edge to it, and I think you'll lose that. Yeah. Um, it definitely has a different feel to the other channels. It definitely has a certain type of program that has a, a lot of people love it, um, yeah. myself included. Mm. Um, yeah. I've, it's Margaret Thatcher's greatest achievement.
2: Yeah. 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 yeah
1: um, that, that noise you can hear is her spinning in her grave. <laughs> <laughs> um, it does seem pointless, doesn't it? I mean, the advertising, oh. everything pays for it. I mean, they you can even subscribe to it and get rid of the adverts can't you it's like um, i don't understand why it it doesn't make sense to me but then that's a lot critical and they don't like that yeah
0: it's a brilliant model it was set up it can never make its own shows so it it then has to go out and and get shows made and yes it but but it buys in you know when it buys in from abroad it buys a lot of quality stuff
3: and they don't own their own shows either do they i mean they they don't make them they don't own them so is
1: Film Four a completely separate thing? Is that going to be okay? Because that would what would worry me most. No, Channel of it. would worry me most because you look at, back at Film Four and the amount of incredible films yeah. using funding from Film Four, and um, they normally have to get funding from elsewhere as well. But I just think it's the list is endless, and yes. how how many movies, quality movies, may not ever have been made if it wasn't for Film Four.
0: Well, so. more than that. What would have happened to British cinema in the 80s without Is Channel it? 4? That's because true. there was a moment that was the only thing keeping it going. Goldcrest crashed and burned, and yet you had Channel 4 consistently turning out quality films like you know The Draftsman's Contract, My Beautiful Laundrette, Rita Sue and Bob 2, The Tang Yang Kitbang.
3: Brassed off, all, wasn't it?
2: Brassed Brassed off. Off yeah,
0: Brassdorf, yeah. But yeah, all, yeah, absolutely right. Full Monty, they put money into that as well. Yeah, yeah. So... It really captured the essence of Britain, but made films that worked around the world. I wonder if you looked
1: at how many Oscars film four films have won. I wonder if it would be more than a lot of other, uh, you know, like Mm. BBC films and other sort of smaller uh, makers of films, because they do seem to get it right.
0: Well, in the upcoming British TV Awards, there are more nominations for Channel 4 shows than anything else. And that's saying something as to what they've done. And yet, you get a numpty like that dozy blonde tart, who, who really didn't even know how the model was funded
2: when no, she first on the committee. Was, that's her job. Yeah, that's her job. She's meant yeah. to know this stuff.
0: We can talk as to why she was put there. It certainly wasn't for talent.
2: This is from
3: 2019. Olivia Coleman won uh, Best Actress for *The Favorite*, which was a. a That's one of the films, yeah. Uh, Coleman's win was the 35th Oscar in Film 4's 37-year history. So three years later, I don't know how many have won since. It's pretty
1: much one a year. So they've got it right every
3: year. And marks the third time in four years a Film 4-backed film has produced the Best Actress winner, following Frances McDormand's win for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and Brie Larson's 2016 for room. The, it's crazy. just the number of films, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Slumdog Millionaire. Slumdog yeah. Millionaire. 12 Years a Slave.
0: Yeah. Have they Bloody said if anyone's hell. interested
3: in
1: buying it?
0: Have they? Eventually? IGV have come forward at the moment as the front runner. You know, there's a huge backlash within the Conservative Party. People like Jeremy Hunt, Tobias Elwood have already come out and said this is a really stupid idea. Well, that was a really good and uplifting thing until we got to the end, and I do apologise for that, but um, really, it might be spring, but you won't be going outside for any of the weather then, Deck, you'll be catching up on all
1: of these. I know, it's this is really difficult for someone who loves TV and loves shows, as you know from my previous podcast, actually, all these extra streaming services is making life really difficult. <laughs> it was a lot easier when there was only three channels. Yeah, um, yeah. Now it is, it is getting very difficult, and you Obviously, you have to listen to shows like this to try and filter out some of the stuff. So I'm glad that I've been some help, hopefully, to um to our listeners. But you have to spend quite a bit of time trying to sieve through because there's a lot of rubbish on these services, to be fair. There is a lot of rubbish and you have to be careful that you don't get dragged into certain things. But if you look hard enough and you do your research, um, there's some really good stuff.
0: OK, I feel we need to end on a positive note. So I'm going to ask all three of you the same question. I will start with you, Deck. What is the one TV event, show, whatever, that you're most looking forward to this year? Oh, that's a
1: difficult one. I am really interested in knowing how SAS Rogue Heroes is going to land. Probably more intrigued than excited. I mean, it's written by Stephen Knight, the guy who had success with Peaky Blinders. It's got Dominic West, Josh O'Connell in it. And it's an interesting subject matter about how the SAS was formed after World War Two. So it seems to be ticking all the right boxes. So I am quite excited about that. But Where's that going to be on? I think it's BBC, but it hasn't got a release date yet. So, Hence, I haven't mentioned it. Hopefully, I can talk about it in the next podcast. Because hopefully, by then, uh, things will the be... The
0: SAS deck, you're not allowed to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a secret. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'd say that's probably, longer term, the thing I'm most excited about. Graham? Halo from the game
2: oh. so the, somebody's Ooh. taken the Halo concept and it's on Paramount plus the first two have come out talking to friends in America they are loving it so yeah I'm really looking forward to that one because I, I enjoyed the game so much but they're taking it in a very different direction Okay,
0: Neil Lord of the Rings
2: That was second on my list
0: Yeah, <laughs> okay, interesting Well for me It's the concluding series of Ted Lasso. Oh,
3: yeah. What? I Uh, nearly said that and I thought, no, yeah. So they've said it's the final one, one, okay?
2: Is that it, is it? They've said it's three, yeah. Yeah, this is the last series.
3: And is there
0: a date for that? Uh, August.
3: August, August, right, Okay. okay.
0: 12 episodes this time. So last time they had 10 episodes. Apple came to them and said, we want it 12. So that's why there were two episodes that didn't seem to fit, the coach episode and the Christmas episode. They were added on. This Uh, time they built an arc
1: around the 12, so each one will fit. I did love that Christmas episode, though.
2: The Christmas episode. I did really enjoy the Christmas episode. It's the sort of episode
1: I could just watch on its own again. Yes, indeed. Um, The coach one I was less fond of, but the Christmas one was just so slapstick and silly. I just absolutely loved it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: And you know, you'd like to think that the whole thing is about redemption arcs, yeah, but you're never quite sure where yeah, they no. can take this in yeah. the last series season. It got so. quite serious in the in the, last, the in the seconds, as, yeah, as yeah, it, it went it. on, yeah. And and there is one character and that which, can never be redeemed, mm, um, indeed. So, the uh, so but you know, I'm interested to see where it goes for the other characters and loved the series, but and that was a Friday night sit down and just watch it straight yeah, as soon as I got back. Oh, we're gonna be talking a lot more about a lot of things when we uh, next get together. We certainly are. Probably yeah uh, yeah summerish time. So at least we don't want you staying in all the time deck. We want you to enjoy some of the, the hot weather. Well thanks guys and um for everybody else uh Neil, sorry about Chelsea. Graham, uh, uh, Graham, at least follow one, eh? Uh, You bastard! (laughs) (laughs) Right, and on on that controversial note, I'll see you all for the next one. Cheers, guys!
2: Thanks. Cheers. Bye.